Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central Podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash TDF, or log rides with our friend at Zwift. Uh, joining me, it's Dave McKenzie. Dave, how are you? Well, we're not even at altitude, and I feel like I've got mountain fever already. <laughs> what a day. What a day. And then we said this Tour de France is going to be something special. It's almost every day there's something special. We talk about, of course, the adventures or the drama around Rwanda Dennis. But first of all, before we talk about this, there is a win by Michelton Scott. I know. How good is this? Uh, not an Australian rider, but an Australian team. It's been a good few days for, for us, for the, for the, for the coverage, uh, covering Michelton Scott. And, of course, the Australian victory of Caleb Ewan and Simon Yates. I mean, he was superb today. I mean, I've got to say, I thought tactically they'd not, not blown it, but, I, I, well, I thought they were about to on that final climb. Before we dissect this, let's uh, listen to Matt White, the uh, director sportif of Michelton Scott. <laughs> Matt White, uh, happy. It's the word. Yeah, happy. It's a, it's a it's a different happiness, you know. We, once you got one one win in the can, it's uh, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. But you know, when it, when a plan comes together, it's uh, it's nice. It's nice. We always we wanted one of our climbers in there today, either Jack or, or Simon, and one of our bigger boys, like Daryl Impey or Trent Tim, because we knew the break was going to be big, uh, and when it, and it was 40 riders. So you now Matteo played a great support role for Simon jumped off the front to get a bit of a head start before the actual climb and then uh, he was going good enough to what he did he deterred everyone in the second group because if that group second group had caught the front group Matteo was the fastest guy there so we had we had we definitely had both bases covered and uh look I'm no surprise that Simon won he, he was world world point score champion on the track he knows how to read a final and we knew that we had to be first or second into that last corner being su such a short way from the finish And it's his first Tour de France stage win. He's got three, three stages at the Giro, two at the Vuelta, one the Vuelta, but he's never won at the Tour besides the white jersey. And uh, a very big day for him and obviously our organisation. Okay, so all this today for you is good omen for the rest of, uh, of the week and uh, in the mountains? It is, it is. As I said, we, uh, Simon came into the Tour to be a super domestique for his brother. This was just an added bonus, an added bonus, and it just shows that, like we said before the race, that he's building and where we need him the most will be stages 18, 19 and 20 when, uh, who knows what we're challenging for. Looking forward to it, thank you. Cheers. It's quite interesting what uh, Matt White was saying, both bases covered, you and I, we didn't read this this way. No, I mean, look, it's, um, and it's always easy to say it afterwards when they've won and, you know, they proved it. But there was that point where Yates was sort of attacking and Trenton had, had gone across the Clark and it was all closing up anyway. Uh, but I would have thought, gee, Trenton's the quickest guy there. But maybe there'd been some communication in the radio and Trenton maybe said, listen, I'm on my absolute limit here. And it was probably about three kilometres to go from the top of the climb. Uh, I was probably more concerned about not so much Payo Bilbao, the Spaniard, but, uh, and he's reasonably crafty, but uh, Mühlberger because he was second to a stage to Julian Alaphilippe on a two-up sprint in the Croatum de Dauphine by like an inch, not even. It was nothing. You know, when you, when you measure that, you would have probably put your money on Mühlberger. But Yates, 
what is he, former world points race champion, you know, he's crafty. And in the end, he did it with ease in the sprint. And of course, uh, birthday boy, Simon Clark, did uh, did shine today. He didn't pay off at all, uh, but he did shine. He, he really pushed. He was, he was really going for it, Clarky. He was superb, and he's having a superb year, Simon Clark. He really is. I mean, second in Amstel Gold Race. Uh, I think he was in the front group, top 10 at Milan San Remo. I mean, this is... You know, yeah, he, he's, he's had an incredible career and it's still going. Uh, he has won the Maglia in the Giro d'Italia, but this year has been, and he's won the King of the Mountains in a stage at the Vuelta, but this year, to me, he's been the most consistent year for Simon Clark. He really is. Uh, he really has gone up another level. So it's been overall a couple of good days for Australian cycling. Uh, we mentioned yesterday a stage win for Caleb Ewan, uh, first stage win ever in the Tour de France for him. And today, an Australian team that wins. Uh, it's the second win for Michelton Scott on this Tour de France. Trentin has been also at the forefront. You know, we know Daryl Impey won that, that stage. That's all good. But on the other side of the Australian cycling, today, chaotic around Rondonis. Do you know anything about what happened? We, we are not really understanding this whole picture. First of all, before we set the scene, let's hear about the director sportif from Bahrain Merida. Um, the, we are also confused. Let's say that I am disappointed about what happened uh, with Ron today because uh, actually we expected a uh, big effort from him tomorrow. It was his decision today to stop on the fit zone. We tried to speak with him. We, we stop also with the car and try to find a solution what's going on and he say I don't want to talk and just abandon the race. I think his condition is not bad so I think his condition is good enough to perform on Tour de France. Was there an argument at the bus this morning? No. As I know, no. Did it have anything to do with the things he had to do for you in the race like bringing water bottles to the front? No, I never asked him to bring the water in the race because uh, actually I even say to him that two days Uh, so yesterday and today to save an energy for tomorrow's yeah. uh, perform tomorrow's time trial. Is it fair to say that is it fair to say that this is not it has nothing to do with his physical condition? For sure, it's nothing to do with his physical condition. So that's the director sportif of Bahrain Merida. Let's recap the story. At some point, we got a message on screen that said Roland Denis has retired from the race. Then what? Well, yeah, if, if I can just go back to, right to that point. I walked out of the truck. I think I, we did the Twitter show. We'd had a spot of lunch. Thought, oh, not too much. Oh, we did you have for lunch? <laughs> well, you're at the same lunch table, my friend. <laughs> Don't try and throw me under the, the bus. Um, but we literally did. We walked back in and suddenly, actually, it was Sophie that said, Sophie Smith said, Matt Keenan and Robbie, you've just said Rowan Dennis is abandoned. And I said, are you sure? And I was almost questioning if Sophie had heard correctly. She said, no, no, this is what they said. So she was straight onto it. And then it developed more and more and more. But it only developed to the point that, yes, he is out of the race. And the team said in a statement, not verbatim, but effectively they said along the lines of, we don't know where he is. They also mentioned the mental health or the health of our riders is paramount, which got us all... Scared, questioning, what the hell is going on? Yeah, you start to you start to worry, don't you? And you know the Rowan Dennis that I know and that I've interviewed, he's a great guy. We, we had him on this very on this very podcast only maybe ten days ago, just, and and he, just before the tour, and he, he was in fairly good spirit. He was in great spirits, and he was he was you know what? It's the most relaxed of I've, I've seen Rowan Dennis. I mean, I've seen him 
relaxed, more relaxed off camera, but on camera, it's the most relaxed I've seen him. So I thought he was in a really good headspace. We thought maybe then we started to, you start to speculate, don't you? Because you're looking for an answer. Let's listen also to Dylan Tunes, uh, one of the riders of Byron Merida, straight after the race. Yeah, when I arrived here, I saw one bike and uh, yeah, I uh, feel completely out of the air. So uh, it was uh, a surprise for me. I saw one bike already because I knew I was the first rider in the, in the peloton from our uh, team. So uh, yeah, I don't know what's uh, going on. That was Dylan Tunes from the, from the team, Baron Merida. Are you surprised he didn't know? Well, I am, but then, you know, this just backs up what we've said all along, that they're no more wiser than we are. And I, and I guess, uh, you know, he's just been racing. I can't imagine the directors would be in his ear going, where's Rowan? <laughs> We can't find him. Has anyone seen him? So, you know, jokes aside, yeah, yes and no. Not, you know, it's just the whole thing is just a bit strange, isn't it? Sophie interviewed him before the stage, just before the stage, and he seemed okay. So what is going on in there? We don't know. We don't know. And I guess what we don't want to do is speculate more and because that doesn't do us any good and it doesn't do you, the listeners, any good. And we don't want to give any false sort of, um, you know, lead, lead, lead us all or you down a false path. So we won't try and speculate anymore. I just hope he's okay. Uh, we don't know if he is sick or if he isn't sick. Um, he seemed okay, health-wise. If we, if we just remove all the, all the sort of rumours that can be, he seemed okay, uh, health-wise, because Sophie saw him coming back into the compound and uh, admittedly she was pushed away by, uh, by, uh, by his agent and all this is actually available on the, uh, the Twitter, the uh, Cycling Central Twitter account. But we know health-wise, he's not physically hurt, okay? There's something else. Well, it seems to be. So... All we can say is watch this space, and I'm sure <laughs> we won't have to tell you to. I'd, I'd say this story will keep sort of unfolding as, pro, as quite possibly the tour develops. Uh, for Bayron Merida, by the sounds of it, though, the directors and the management, they don't know themselves. So we will keep you updated. But I'm, again, and it's not sort of like, yeah, I'm reluctant to say too much more on, on it. Because I just think, well, let's just wait until we get the facts. So despite the fact that I want to make this podcast a tabloid podcast, you won't let me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends. Are we going to get paid if more if we do that? Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, no, well, if we're not going to get paid more, no. What's the point? Um, now, what we can say is all around Randon is, is a good bloke. It's just become a, a big surprise to everyone. It's, it's a shock. And, and I guess the other thing, what I will say on it is, about three days ago I interviewed him, or two days ago I interviewed him, And I said, I guess you've got one of my last questions in the interview. I said, you've got one eye on the time trial coming up in a couple of days' time. So it was two days ago. And he said, I've got both eyes on the time trial. And he said it with conviction, which, you know, I presume we all, we all sort of penciled him in as the hot favourite to win that TT because, you know, he wasn't riding general classification so he could purely focus on the TT. So something has happened in the last, I guess, 24 to 48 hours And now he's out of the race. So that's a real shame. So we just don't want to not talk about it just because we don't know. We don't want to add oil on the fire at this very time where we are recording this podcast. But I'm sure as soon as we know something, this will feature in a future episode uh, as we go along because we're not shining away of talking about the, uh, uh, the subject. We just don't want to speculate. And you're right. We are not a tabloid podcast. No, no. All right. So what's the next tabloid topic we're talking about? <laughs> no, no. But I just want to reconcentrate on the fact that Michelton Scott has won a stage and we should be happy. This is the positive thing of the day. And we should concentrate on the positivity of, of the news. 
Well, absolutely. And how much impetus now are they going to take? Like we are, we're at the foot of the mountains now. We're the mountains today, but you know, it was a bit of a non-event for the general classification riders. I expected that big break would win the day. It was actually a huge break, 42 riders. But the impetus now that Mitchell and Scott take into the rest of the Pyrenees with Adam Yates, I mean, I tell you what, they are in the box seat, I think, Fab, to, to launch Adam Yates now, not just for podium, but for a, steer, a serious challenge at trying to win this race. And of course, they must be learning so many things as well on, on a day like this, on how healthy their team are, how healthy everybody else is in that paddock. Okay, all right, now I'm just going to throw a curly one at you again. We're not trying to be tabloid. Are we sure it was Simon Yates that won today and not his brother? How do we know? Well, that would be absolutely stupid if they did because he would have gained time on everybody else. <laughs> so they're not that stupid. Well, yeah, and if you're wondering what we're talking about, go back and listen to our first couple of pods. We said we don't believe it would happen, but if it did, you heard it first on our pod, the old switcheroo. Absolutely. Um, another point as oh. well, uh, Alaphilippe is still in yellow. Um, which Every day is in yellow. I'm getting closer to owning your house. <laughs> well, have I told you I own a shack? Uh, I'll, I'll take shack. it, I'll take it. <laughs> a shack in Australia is worth something. <laughs> True. We know the price of the housing Actually, in Australia. A, a, a car park in Australia is worth more than some of the houses here. <laughs> Not because it's any better, we know that. It's just because uh, there's something seriously wrong with the world economy at the moment. Um, so, yeah, Alaphilippe still in yellow. I agree, we're counting the days. Well... Question, did I actually say he would, uh, yesterday or two days ago, that he'd probably lose the yellow today all by the TT? I think I did. I think you did say beta TT. So now I might change tact and I think he's got an outside chance of holding it at the end of the TT tomorrow because it's only 27 kilometres only. What is he, a minute 14 ahead of Garrett Thomas. Now, Thomas could well win the TT, by the way. But it's going to make it interesting, isn't it? Absolutely. Let's talk about this uh, next stage tomorrow. We are leaving Po to come back to Po. They're doing a loop of 27.2 kilometres. Um, I was going to say, Ron Denis is the outright favourite for this TT. As we just discussed, he will not be at the start line of this uh, time trial tomorrow. I mean, who else then? Does can if you know? Actually, a little thing. We know we have this tipping competition, and today I was nearly going to tank to be able to be our first go at picking up Ron Dennis today. I'm lucky I've done, I haven't done this. Yeah, what are you going to do now, Bazo? Yeah. I don't know. I have a full research well, to do again. That's why I'm questioning you. Uh, I'm asking you this question. If it's not Ron Dennis, who else can you see or should you see, should we see perform in this uh, time trial tomorrow? You know what? It's a really good question. Um, and I'm not sure I know the answer. The first name that comes into my mind that I'll go with, Wout Van Aert. Won the TT in the Croatum de Dauphiné. He's won a stage here already. It'll just depend how tired he is off the back of this first mountain stage. So I'm not sure where he finished on the stage, but he's maybe a, an outside tip. I've got another one, Martin, for Jumbo uh, Visma, because he's, got, he's a former world champion in a time trial. Uh, he won his first title in Geelong. I know because that was the first race, uh, cycling race I covered. Uh, can he do it? Because uh, Jumbo Visma are in great shape at the minute. 
can he be the one adding another stage for them? It's a possibility. I think he's passed it. He's passed his best time trial years, and he's been doing a mountain of work on the front, although that's never stopped Martin from you know then going on to win a TT. I just don't think so. I just don't think it'd be almost fantastic if he did because it'd sort of round off his career nicely, wouldn't it? Um, don't I don't think so, but stranger things have happened. And again, what have they got? Four stage wins. Jeez, that'd be... That would seriously top it off for them, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, quid of the French on the team time trial because we've been talking a lot about the inabilities of Bardet and maybe a little bit less from Pino to, to time trial. Is there a chance that tomorrow we see as the the maximum of the time they've lost for this whole Tour de France and from now it's all the way up for someone like Pino, for example? Pino, I think so. I think he'll he'll limit his losses tomorrow, I imagine, and he'll limit them good. I think he'll actually do a pretty good time. Bardet is going to lose more time, so he, I just don't. He just hasn't got the form, and I, I think he'll be shown up again tomorrow. Unfortunately for him and the, and the French fans, Pino though will then carry that that hope. Um, Alaphilippe will he'll go for it. He'll try and produce, and he might hold yellow. And then how? And if I can just skip slightly ahead. Imagine if he holds yellow going into the Tourmalet, a Frenchman in yellow with a mountaintop finish. Imagine, I don't need this, I've already dreamed this. <laughs> You're dreaming it over and over. Uh, no, it's possible. So, but then, you know, Garrett Thomas and, and I guess another question about how well will Egan Bernal go in the TT? I think we're all asking that question. Do you know this sort of France uh, this year is very intriguing day after day? It is, it is. And... It's hard to pick winners on stages, even, you know, the sprint stages, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of them. But a day like today, hard to pick a winner. I'm not sure if too many would have picked Simon Yates. I thought about him in the tipping comp, but I thought he'll hang back with his brother just in case there is some action back in the peloton. They didn't. They gave him free reign and away he went on his merry way and collected a second stage win for Mitchelton Scott. And I think tomorrow is a little bit like that. We expect the GC guys to fire, but I think it will be one rider who isn't riding for general classification, that'll take line on us. Do you know, we said that the, the tour would definitely start today. I think it really, really, the, the, the excitement started today. It did, it did, didn't it? And um, when, that, when that escape of 42 riders went clear, and you, you're looking at the guys that were in it, I mean, you had a bunch of sprinters, Peter Sagan, Matthews, Dylan Gronewagen was there as well. Um, and then you had the likes of uh, Simon Clark. Simon Yates, um, you know, there were, some, there were some quality riders in there and it was just interesting to see it all sort of fight out in those dying stages. But it gave us, it gave us plenty and in, this, in the end the stage went quick. And the ironic thing is a lot of long stages this year and off camera and off publicly we've talked about it and said That's, it's the wrong path to take because, it, you know, we want to try and make the race more dynamic. But I've got to say the longer stages... The race, bar the, bar the very longest stage, that was probably the most boring stage we've had so far. Bar that one stage, every other stage has had something. Absolutely. From the highest of uh, the pleasure of seeing an, an Australian team to win today to the lowest with the story of Roland Dennis, this is the end of this podcast. And I'm sure we'll update a bit more if we know along the way what's happening with Roland Dennis. Thank you, Maka. No worries. Thank you. This was the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Let me remind you that you can download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash TDF or schedule a rise with our friends at Zwift. Until the next podcast, it's bye for now. A quick shout out from our sponsor before we go. 
If you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it. Your cycling buddies probably use it. And the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.